Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. Now with the good news, here's Angie. Hi there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. Really excited about speaking with the co-author of a wonderful book, Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. Denise Pass is joining us. And to tell you a little about her, she's quite accomplished. She's a biblical mindset coach, author, speaker, worship leader, songwriter, and podcaster. She holds an MA in biblical exposition and is currently pursuing a PhD in biblical exposition at Liberty University. And she is the author of several books, including Make Up Your Mind, Shame off you 31 days of hope reinvented and creator of the bible tribe podcast welcome denise pass well thank you so much for having me you are welcome so give us kind of a if you were saying if someone said okay i know you wrote this book make up your mind unlock your thoughts transform your life give me you know a couple of minute like explanation of the book most definitely. So a lot of times in daily lives, people don't realize that they get stuck in negative mindsets without even thinking about it. It's a false narrative that's being played out in their minds and their lies. And it might be something as simple as that person doesn't like me. And then we start thinking through that over and over again in our minds. And we're limited by these mindsets. We're stuck in a belief system that we don't even realize that we're subscribing to. And so our thoughts matter. And one key verse that God gave me was out of Proverbs 4.23, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And if I were to put the whole book, Make Up Your Mind, in one statement, I would say that we tend to put our thoughts above God's. Mm -hmm. And we don't even realize it. We will rationalize in our mind, oh, this is what I should do because the flesh is very persuasive, right? And so that is what feels natural. And so in Make Up Your Mind, we look through 10 core negative mindsets. We look at the mind of Christ as well. And we look at biblical characters who experience these different negative mindsets of anxiety and depression that are common to us all, whether we realize it or not. And we see how we can walk in the mind of Christ. What does that look like? Triggers that lead to these mindsets and tips that lead out. And I have my friend and my co-author, Michelle Nieder, shares counselor thoughts at the end of each chapter that also provide practical tips. You know, um, just even that simple um, sentence, you said, our thoughts matter. It's just, uh, to me, that's a powerful sentence because uh, we -hmm. don't think about that in everyday life, that they do matter. And that negative self-fulfilling prophecy, you you believe they don't like you, you act like they don't like you, they don't like you. You know what I mean? So you kind of set yourself up for failure. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's so talk. true. And I think Go ahead. people don't realize it because it's just part of the culture. Mm-hmm. We live in a culture that's saturated in shame. Uh, that's the book Shame Off You I wrote uh, talks about that. But we tend to naturally just respond, like you said, even to body language. Presumption causes strife, the Bible says. We don't realize that we're doing mm-hmm. it continually. 
presumption causes strife. Isn't that the truth? Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just. I. 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 am sure people who listen to my show uh, and have watched me on TV for years and know my personality know my my mom is not not a positive person. And I've said that my mm-hmm. my son was learning vocabulary words with my husband, and he said, "Oh, I know what a <clears throat> I know what a pessimist is. A pessimist is grandma, and an optimist is mama, meaning me." Oh. <laughs> yeah. And and so I've really made it a point as best I can to remain as positive as I can. Uh, so let's talk about, um, for instance, because our mom has a very painful past, what ways do our mm. mindsets determine how we handle or deal with or look back on or let our painful past influence us in the present? Yes, that's a great question. A lot of times what these negative mindsets do is they are a lens that we're looking through. Right. And so it colors everything. And I also have a family member, I'll just put it that way, who even when I wrote the book, Shame Off You, which was a hard book to write. I mean, no one wants to write about their shame, right? I mean, right, right. Yeah, God not my first choice. What should I write about today? Yeah. My shame, that'd be fun. <laughs> and I even had a precious family member say, you know, I don't write about shame. You know, we have to whisper that word. <laughs> right. But I think... It is, it colors everything, and it is the approach and the outlook that you have on life. And you mentioned positive thoughts. Positive thoughts aren't going to do it, you guys, you know, because the bottom line is this world is hard. You know, I was telling my husband the other day, people say, some people might judge another person who struggles with anxiety. And my answer to that is, think about the human condition. We live in a fallen world. We're all going to die 100% chance. We don't know when, we don't know how, and there's a lot of crazy people in this world who can make that happen. And so anxiety is something that can come naturally, but supernaturally, we can learn to frame our understanding differently in light of eternity. And it isn't just pie in the sky, and it isn't just, oh, sure, that's for other people. No, this is for you listening today. If you are in Christ, these are promises we have. And we want to unpack that so that you don't have limiting beliefs. You don't have and look at life through a depressive lens. You don't have to. Uh, and I've got testimonies to share of people who've heard this message I'm sharing, of people who have applied it and have overcome. And so this isn't just um, positive thinking. Oh, I love that. I love real life examples because sometimes the circumstances they're dealing with are so much worse, far worse than anything we've ever dealt with. And we're like, if they can forgive, if they can live a positive life, if they can make a difference, then why can't we? And I think back to a woman that um, I interviewed who was Mm -hmm. in Rwanda with, um, I think it was like eight to 10 women. I'd have to, Immaculee was her name. And she was hidden Mm -hmm. for uh, several months in this bathroom with approximately 10 women women and she used her um, she prayed so much that from her rosary beads she literally had a hole in her thumb and she lost you know I don't know 60 odd pounds or something like that because they they were barely eating they might have to share one meal a day Mm. and they were literally on top of each other well she when she got out she forgave the men who slaughtered her entire family and and took every all of their belongings and I'm like if this woman can forgive how can I not forgive like this is unbelievable to me and speaking with her she was in my studio. She just was the light just coming off her. She just glowed with love. And um, mm-hmm. so that was a lesson mm-hmm. that I'll never forget. And so let's talk about um, 
I think a lot of us justify, you know, the way we think. Uh, my, my mom, for instance, will say, well, I have a right to be mad or I have a right to be angry or I have a right to hate this person <laughs> because of the abuse that they, uh, you know, uh, subjected me to. So how can we reorder our thinking so it's, you know, more congruent with what the Lord wants for us? That's a great question. I want to just real quick tag on to what you said because it was so good that if God can do it for you, he can do it for me. Yeah. And those were the words that when one of my daughters who had been battling depression for six years and she was weeping with me and she said, Mom, why would God allow? This is a question a lot of people ask. Why would God allow this in my life? And, you know, I said to her at the time, you know, I don't know, but I do know everything he allows in our life. He is with us and he's going to use it for good because he promises to. And I also believed in my heart she was going to be delivered from that. Well, she was delivered from depression and it was a miraculous thing. And she now knows how to deal with depression. But I had her um, when I was leading worship for a women's conference. I just felt like the Lord said, your daughter needs to share her testimony. Mm. And as she did, I'm just telling you, across the room, women began to weep. And just at the end of the conference, they, they formed a group that still meets to this day. And this is a few years ago. And they said, if God can do it for her, he can do it for me. And I think we the, the thing that blocks us is unbelief. We don't realize this. Ultimately, our mindsets are unbelief. We're choosing to believe that instead of what God has to say. And so you were just asking a question. Uh, I had to just say that no, that's, that's <laughs> before powerful. I answered your question. How can we, when we've had these bad things and we feel like we have a right, okay, my ex-husband sexually abused some of my children. Okay, I waited for marriage. I uh, was the mom, homeschool mom for 23 years, dressed in a gunny sack dress, loved Jesus. And how does this happen in my life? You see, everyone has their stories. Right. And so for me, A plus B should equal C, but it didn't. And that was a crisis moment of belief for me. And I think what it comes to is, like, when we think we deserve something in this life, we aren't really looking at it from a biblical perspective. We're looking at it a self perspective. And that may sound harsh, but everything that we go through in this life, God has shown me is a mission. When I almost died in the hospital from pneumonia and then COVID and all the different things God has brought me through, he, he asked me a question. You know, when I, when I asked him, Lord, why am I here? You know, I don't get this. And I think those questions are good and they're honest. But, you know, he answered me, will you let me use you here? And, you know, when I think about Christ carrying our offenses, mm -hmm. he chose to come and suffer and carry our offenses, our sins and our offenses. Can we lay down our offenses? Can we say, you chose that, Lord, forgive me for not wanting to walk this. You see, we live in a fallen world. It's not heaven. But we have a Savior who is well able to help us walk through everything we go through. That's good. Uh, I'm so in, uh, engaged in what you're saying. I'm just like, yes, this is so true. So I, I have a son that mm -hmm. um, has uh, definitely, I would say, and my husband too. He's pretty, they're both pretty open about it. Real anxious. They're real anxious. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that's, I guess, real common in the world and with these young people. So what do you think anxiety is a warning sign of? 
Yes. Well, you know, I think we ultimately believe, again, our word above God's anxiety comes from insecurity that play. We don't have security. And I know for a long time, I just wanted security. I came from a very broken background before Christ. And I and my heart was like, I'm going to do everything right and I'm going to have security. But security wasn't my savior. Jesus is. And we have to lay down, you know, we live in a culture where truth is relevant. I have my truth. You have yours. There's no security in that. We have to lay down our truth and pick up God's truth. And so I think with anxiety, you know, one of the core things is that we're ultimately battling fear and worry. Mm, And that worry, worry, it comes from a place of, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, which again, as I said earlier, is the human condition. We can have situational anxiety, you know, and I remember my husband, when the first time he told me he thought I had anxiety and I was like, what? (laughs) I was in denial, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize and see it in my life. Um, And so now the good news about recognizing it in your life, and I have a Bible mindset um, quiz that you can take that really is, what is your chief negative mindset struggle. And it isn't to define you, but it's so you can recognize, oh, that's anxiety in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think social media adds a ton to it. Um, my oldest son uh, has a YouTube channel and he shares frequently about how social media is killing this generation mm-hmm. that's coming up. And he turned his smartphone into a dumb phone. He does all sorts of fun things. Because his heart is to help set people free from that. He said, that's what led to my depression. You know, so sometimes it's circumstantial, you know, different situations cause it. Sometimes people might blame their personality, but I would say your personality is not a label you have to wear your whole life. Mm -hmm. I believe anxiety isn't. I mean, some people who um, navigate or tend to go that way, something caused that. And I think we got to drill down to the root. Why am I feeling anxious about this? So an example I use in the book is when I was uh, hopping on a flight to Canada for a TV interview for Shame Off You, and I'm already nervous about it because I don't like flying. And I'm asking myself, okay, why are you nervous about this? You know, and in the middle of that, I get a call from my doctor's office saying, um, we're sorry to tell you, you have melanoma. Oh, my goodness. Okay, hold that thought. We have to take a break. We're speaking with Denise Cass, the co-author of Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. We'll be right back. Rocky Ford is tuned to the Mighty 670 KLT. You just bought a new car, and it's everything you dreamed of and more. But you have so many memories with your old car, it almost feels like a family member. So you want to make sure it goes to a good home. You'll feel comfortable knowing when you donate your car to ARC Thrift Stores, you're giving to a good cause. You can donate anything with wheels, even motorcycles. And when you donate your vehicle, you get a tax deduction. It feels so good to give back. As you say farewell to your old vehicle, rest assured that your donation is making a difference by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Donate your car to ARC Thrift Stores today. Visit arcthrift.com for more information about the car donation program. That's arcthrift.com, where your good memories of that old car can become new ones for people with disabilities. 
Hi, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. We are speaking with Denise Pass, co-author of the book, Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. So we'll take a step back. You were getting ready to go um, uh, get on a flight to Canada to do an interview about one of your books. And so we'll pick up there. Yes. And so I am not a fan of flying, y'all, but... Um, I make myself do it because I said, you know what, you got to do things you're afraid of. Do it scared, some people say. Um, but I also felt like I, I told the Lord, I'm your girl. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will go. Just be with me. And so I was headed for this uh, by myself, you know, and, and then I get a call from the doctor saying, um, you know, Denise, we're sorry to tell you that you have melanoma. And uh, this is something we need to operate on right away, but we can't get you in for another month. What? Yeah. So I, uh, I was just immediately thinking about my family, thinking, what in the world? You know, uh, so anxiety was starting to grip my heart. Mm. And as I was driving to the airport, I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I'm terrible at uh, navigating places. I need the GPS, and even that fails for me. But I went the wrong way, and the police officer noticed it, and he started following me, turns on the siren, and then I go into a parking lot thinking he's going to pull me over. And I alluded the police officer on an accident. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, anxiety just kept building. And I realized pause, just that word, pause your thoughts. Why are you feeling anxious right now? Okay. God already knew about that diagnosis. He has me in his hand, whatever he allows in my life. Do I trust him? And so I, I use in this chapter, the story to um, the chapter on anxiety of Jehoshaphat and how, man, talk about anxiety. Hey, there's a whole army coming against you. And he stopped, drop and roll. He stopped, drop, dropped and prayed. And we can choose faith over fear, but it takes, we have habits already in anxiety. We have right. to undo those habits, figure out the root of it and learn uh, biblical habits. Mm, love that. All right. Um, pause. So pausing your thoughts, knowing that, you know, God's got this. He knew about all of that. You list in the book, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of triggers, you call them, that lead to faulty mindsets. So what are some of those that lead to faulty mindsets, the triggers, and how do we break their power over us? Yeah. So in each chapter, every single mindset has different, unique triggers for it. But in the first chapter, I talk about what are common triggers for all the mindsets and that lead to triggers. And the first one is culture. Um, and, you know, we don't recognize it, but we seek to adapt to our culture. We're influenced by it. It lures us into following seductive ways, values, and beliefs. And so every day our culture is attempting to form our mindsets with its truth and a lot of times we don't filter that too well. In fact, you know, if there's 70,000 thoughts in a day, some say, think about how well we're filtering that. And even our thoughts, are we filtering them with God's word? Now, obviously, I'm not saying, oh, I had a thought, let me filter it through. But you can start to see when we have even 70,000 different thoughts, you're going to start to see repetition. What mm -hmm. are you thinking about a, a lot? Okay, what do you think about Does it line up with God's word? Right. Is that lining up with God's word or what's influencing you? And then second is a self-focused mentality. Um, we hear this, be true to you, you know, uh, be true to yourself. Um, yes, we want to be who God made us to be, but we're not what we should be. We're not the plumb line. 
God's word is. And so a lot of times our trigger can just simply be, we want things our way. This is how it should be. Mm-hmm. And learning to be okay with it not being. And then again, um, two more, you've got personality I talk about in there where we tend to think, oh, wait, I'm stuck because I'm this personality. But we're not stuck. God is bringing us from glory to glory. And then just the nature of mindset itself is something that can give us this fixed state of mind. Mindsets aren't just a thought. It's repetitive thoughts that become this mindset. And that Mm -hmm. word mindset is a Greek word, phronema. And it is this place, this seat of emotions where we really have decided how we're going to think on something. And so it's difficult to break through. You know, you talk about different testimonies, your own testimony, having a difficult upbringing, getting married, homeschooling your kids, uh, your ex-husband sexually abused some of your children, some of your children dealing with years long depressions. That's quite a testimony in and of itself. Do you want to share either parts of your testimony Mm -hmm. or a testimony from the book that you think would be a good example for us on, you know, changing a life, breaking a mindset, (laughs) letting the Lord, you know, guide you into a better place mentally? Sure. You know, one thing I'll share about this testimony with my ex-husband is, again, it wasn't something you want to talk about. It involves some of my children. But the interesting thing was um, my daughters came up to me and said, Mom, you've got to go share this message. Wow. You know, and that is what made me do it because I would go and speak and they would come with me and help me lead worship and I would just avoid the elephant in the room. I, uh, something really bad happened to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what, but it was really bad. And my daughter's like, Mom, it's okay. You need to because you've got to help other people. And so I think uh, one of the big things, one of my daughters in particular, she saw me in the corner just weeping. You know, I would try to, I mean, obviously I couldn't hide my grief from my kids. And I had court for five years. And there's so many testimonies that come out of this. But God showed me, and this is what I really hope people can grab a hold of, that thing you're going through right now that you just are, maybe you're mad about. You know, you just don't want to go through it. I get it. But when I was going through that court battle, two two key things stood out to me. One was my daughter came to me and said, Mom, you are IY Day, which... I may be mispronouncing that, but Gladys Aylward was a missionary to China. And when I homeschooled my kids, we studied different missionaries. And she um, went to China. It was very difficult for her to be a missionary to China. She had more things fall through keeping her from going on the mission field. Hmm. But she persevered. Uh-huh. And uh, her nickname was Ai Day, which means virtuous woman. And so when my daughter called me that, I realized God was saying to me, you're on a mission, Denise. You know, and when oh, when I was standing in court one time and I'm thinking, oh, God, this is so painful. You know, false accusations, just so much pain. But the mission was protecting my kids. Right. Would I be willing to do that? Of course. I mean, every mom would say yes. But you don't see it in that light sometimes. And so standing in the court one day, I was just like, oh, Lord, please help me. I, I just... You know, you're hearing lies and hearing all sorts of stuff. and Excuses and, and then, then trying to hide their own behavior. Yes. Yeah. And, and I just, it's like when you feel like you can't handle it one more second. And then it just whispered to my soul was Hebrews 12 too. You know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. The NLT says disregarding its shame. And so in that moment, I thought of Jesus who chose to walk a path that was full of shame, full of grief. And he didn't complain. 
He said, your will be done, God. And so I, in that moment, said, okay, God, you know, forgive me. You know, your thoughts are better than my thoughts. And, you know, every time I go to court, can I just say the song Forgiveness would play? I'm like, really? (laughs) But God is so good to help us to see higher, see higher than our circumstances. It isn't, again, that trigger, just about me. This suffering isn't going to be in vain. It's going to bring God glory. And so I said in that courtroom, God, I don't see how, but if you can be glorified in this, that's my goal. So five years in the courtroom, um, and and then finally now the kids really getting free, um, the ones that were subjected to the abuse from the chains of that, you know, and being able to get through their depression, which you mentioned with your daughter lasted for years and your son dealing with it as well. So obviously an important topic for your family to uh, be able to, as your book says, make up your mind, unlock your thoughts and transform your life. Yes, you know. I remember growing up and was sexually abused myself and was told to keep it quiet. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the shame culture. And I'm not saying you go everywhere and there's a, there's a proper place, but even in the church, the church doesn't know how to handle things like this. Mm -hmm. I've forgiven those who didn't know how to handle it. You know what? They did the best they could. But the bottom line is, you know, we tend to like shame the person who was sinned against Yes. Instead of the one who sinned. And that's wrong. Isn't that, you the, know, isn't so. that the truth? It's interesting you bring this up because I've been um, corresponding with one of the women who was Hugh Hefner's girlfriend many, 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 many years ago in the 70s. And she just did a documentary. It's a 10-part series documentary on how many people within the circle of that uh, company at the time, I guess owned by someone else now, um, but uh, who were abused, you know, one woman uh, made allegations. She was raped by Bill Cosby. She was one of the bunny mothers, they called mm. them. And she, um, being Hugh Hefner's girlfriend for four or five years, it started off normally, but then the abuse and the, because it was set in the 70s, I think he was kind of, it was getting darker and darker and darker. And so she said um, to do the documentary and to talk about her deepest, darkest shame, she said, I was just Mm. so, she had always avoided talking about it. She said so many of the former bunnies that were in that abusive circle are still drinking the bunny Kool-Aid from their little bunny-eared cups. But when we corresponded last night again, she said, uh, I, I said, you're, you're a hero. You and uh, the other woman, uh, Sandra Theodore, uh, PJ Madden and, and Mickey Garcia. She was like a, a marketing person for Playboy for like 11 years. Anyway, the, the cycle of abuse that was kept quiet within that circle of the powerful men that would come in. Um, Mm-hmm. No one now they're facing a lot of uh, uh, really difficult criticism. And I said, you know, hey, you're a hero. And um, I said, uh, she said, why? Thank you so much. You made my evening. I had hoped by doing the documentary, it would be for a greater reason than opening about the up about the truth of if I was going to open a vein and bleed out on camera and tell the world my secrets, it had better make a difference. Hopefully it will reach a lot of men and women. And so just like you were compelled to tell your story She's 65 now. All these years since the 70s, she kept these secrets. And even her kids did not support her telling her story. It was so impactful to me after I watched part 10. And I worked in L.A. many years and I I worked in TV there and was able to avoid a lot of these predators. But 
it was so deep on me that these women had revealed such extreme pain um, with really no gain for themselves, but only to help others. And I really admire the way that you took on this difficult five-year court situation with a husband accused and obviously uh, it sounds like in the end proven that, you know, he was abusing his, your children, some of your children. Uh, so um, yeah. I think speaking out, you know, I don't like giving my testimony because it's also difficult. I had a very difficult background and lost a brother to murder, mm. one to homelessness. My dad was estranged mm. for, from us for like 35 years. We lived in low-income housing. My mom was abused. So I don't like to, but when I feel led by God, I do. Um, but it, it's not fun because it kind of seems like another life, another world, because the Lord does allow so much healing. And I want to make sure yes. we're almost out of time. And I'm more than happy to have you join us again and share more of your testimony. Uh, the book is Make mm-hmm. Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life, co-author Denise Pass. And you could even join us with your um, co-author as well. That might be fun. Tell us how we find oh, yeah, you that'd be wonderful. Book. Yeah, that would. Yes, so uh, denisepass.com is my website, um, and we also have a book website, makeupyourmind.today. And, you know, one thing, just to bounce off of what you just said, when we're sharing our testimonies, how we share them really makes a difference. You know, the truth sets us free, but I don't seek to be vindictive, and I have forgiven my husband. Yes, me too, me too. All right, we're out of time, but we'll definitely have you back, Denise. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.